should you decide to accept it. Welcome to another week's episode of the Your Mission Podcast. This week was Thomas' choice. I'm taking two love albums and making them one. So, Toma, you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about? Don't love? Do I want to explain myself? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Do, you um, want to, do you want to talk about... Uh, capital L, yes. Little L, not so much. TBH. Good. Uh, That's what we're here yeah. for. That's the one we're... Yeah, here. right? Yeah. That's why, like, I said... I, when I was like, what are your dad's favorite love songs? And I was like, think, I was like, I should have clarified. Please do not give me back a fucking list of your dad's favorite love songs. I, I'm not asking yeah. for that. No. <laughs> I, also, I also don't know what that list looks like. That road trip to, to uh, Salt Lake was great, but I don't think he really ever expressed a desire to listen to any of these tracks. He didn't remember love. Um, really? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, it was a crazy time, man. There's a lot of shit yeah. going on. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Well, <laughs> nice. I remember my dad saying that even he like was a couple years late to it for whatever reason. Like It just was not... It wasn't something that he was getting like directly in the pipeline in that minute, you know. I, I read some. I read somewhere that part of the reason like they didn't blow up is that Arthur Lee never wanted to go like to England. Like he never wanted to tour and capitalize on like the the, the hits that they had or whatever. He was huh. a difficult guy historically, just in that way. But then also he went to jail. Tommy, you're cutting out for me. Mm-hmm. Now, that tiny corn cob microphone doesn't. <laughs> I think. No, it really doesn't. Oh no! That, yeah, now now it sounds good. Now you're good. Perfect. It's better. So, now it's. I think. Now it's like a radio I, voice. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad. Voice no, I think any time that I have the screen with the stream open for whatever reason i think it jacks things up on my end so i have to make i have to minimize that and then bring my yeah i don't know why in That's any annoying. event so um i have i chose both not to be an asshole i really tried to pick one or the other but at the end of the day i couldn't i because when you're doing anything about love the band not the emotion obviously it's like forever changes is always it like it's on everyone's or i guess anyone who's into this sort of thing i was looking did a lot of google crawling today and the number of people who like listed this as like the best album ever made possibly or one of the best albums ever made like it just got too long for me to even point them out so i'm not going to except for just to maybe say that a lot of people consider this to be pretty universally held in the highest esteem. But at the same time, I don't think you can just listen to this and not listen to the Capo 2 because even though Forever Changes was really like remarkable for what it was inventive, it was new, it was like really cutting edge stuff. It also, you would never know if you listened to it that they also really put out some bangers and they were pretty pretty good at doing really harder tracks like seven and seven is which i love and i will talk way more about later but so i just really didn't think it was fair to do one and not the other yeah so well we did both. i'm glad we did both because they're not very long both of them and also the capo or is it the capo or the capo i think oh, like like, like a capo like on a guitar right oh yeah yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay, yeah. 
Yeah, shows how much research I did. Yeah, yeah the, <laughs> the the last track is I think maybe as long as all the other tracks combined, and I don't like the last track. So it's actually it made my decision making on Decapo really easy because I really liked all the other ones, and then Forever Changes is really cool. Again, like I just didn't remember that I had listened to this at some point, and then as soon as we as soon as I put it on alone again and I'm immediately like oh okay I remember this I think I'm trying to think so I had a buddy in college who was really into these kind of weird 60s psychedelic stuff and he had this I don't know if you guys remember he had this compilation like on CD called Nuggets do you guys remember this it was like pretty, it was pretty, it was one of those like that, like anyone that was into this kind of music before like the internet, like they would have had that compilation. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of familiar compilations and like uh, 100% Dynamite comes to mind and Ethiopeaks. Ethiopeaks, Ethio yeah, for the Ethio Jazz. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I can't. I don't know about yeah, it's called that. Nuggets. It's called Nuggets. Original artifacts from the first psychedelic era. I'm sure I have it somewhere. But anyway, he was super into that, and then so I don't think that had love on it, but he also had love and a bunch of other stuff that he would play sometimes. His name was Mike Morse. I hope I don't know what the hell he's up to, but I hope Mike Morse is doing all right. Very cool of you to introduce me to all this cool shit. My my introduction was again Toma. But it was more recent because I'd gotten in on a, a damned kick mm -hmm. and Alone Again Or is, yeah, it's an amazing song in the career of the damned. And I didn't know it was a cover song until Toma was over at the house a year or so ago. Oh, this is a love song. Like, yeah, I guess it's a love song. She's like, no, it's the band. <laughs> oh, my band God, line. yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> oh. What did they, what did the damned do with the horns? I'm just trying to imagine. Uh, they like, kept them. They, they kept did. Them. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's video interesting. Like, the music video is like a Western theme. It's actually. So I do want to read just one description of Forever Changes because I actually love this and I think it probably tells you, if you have never heard it, it probably tells you anything you need to know. So the Doors drummer John Denmore in that article that, that I shared earlier defined uh, Forever Changes or he described it as an album that, quote, defined the 60s and is the Sgt. Peppers of the West Coast and the pet sounds of psychedelia, which I think might be the best album description. <laughs> That's ever. amazing, yeah. Sgt. Peppers of the West Coast, I could totally see that. For yeah. sure. Pet, pet sounds of psychedelia. I think pet yeah. sounds might be the pet sounds of psychedelia, but, <laughs> yeah. but whatever. That's not, I think that's... Yeah. There's a lot of weird stuff going on in Pet Sounds. Is it like psychedelia, like, I don't know, like Strawberry Alarm Clock type of deal? No. But it's certainly very fucking weird. Fun fact, at one point in the early 2000s, British Parliament actually, on the floor, in a motion, Forever Changes was described as the greatest album of all time in Parliament. So there you what? go. What? He was invited. He, like, visited Parliament. Six of them were huge fans and had him come and everything. It was cool. Okay. Amazing. And then he played Glastonbury, I think, the next year. So, yeah, it was a whole thing. So, I think we covered that, though. And, yeah, so 
I think my, my, my end point was just that I don't think it's, if you're doing your due diligence, I don't think it's possible to recommend one without the other. I think that's half-assing it, and I have a strict whole-ass policy when it comes to uh, full music, ass. music generally. Yes, full-ass, yeah. full-ass. <laughs> and, and from what I understand, the record that came out after, the record by the band Love, this is how I'm going to solve this problem, that came out after this, is a different lineup and a different sound, a more like kind of blues rock sound, from what I understand. Which one? Which I think one it's is called after, after Forever Changes is For Sale. Oh yeah, yeah. There's actually a there's a link to one song from For Sale in the after party. We'll hit. Yeah, honestly, like I said, Arthur Lee was, by all accounts, not that easy to work with at times, and so during Forever Changes. The Wrecking Crew, which was like a, a notable group of studio session or session musicians, came in to record on two tracks, and then some of the members left. You're cutting out again. You, we lost you again, Tama. It's your mic. My, I, no, it's a, hold on. Can you just unplug your mic and plug it back in? I'm just out of curiosity. Sure. If by mic you mean my headphones, then absolutely. <laughs> the mic on your headphones, yeah. yes, that one. Nope, we want you to cut the cord. And then yeah. I'm just saying, it. let's not think that I have anything as fancy as like a real mic, guys. These are my Yeah. No, it's all good. So. Okay. Anyway, I was just we're, saying we're that... Um, that's, bad. that's much better. I, I was just saying that uh, the lineup changes were frequent and often, and it wasn't long before he was really the only original member left. But he was touring, I think, for... all. A decent chunk of time both before he went to prison and after he got back out with a band called baby lemonade who i saw dad and i went to see arthur lee and baby lemonade play forever changes at the trocadero in 03 and they were trocadero basically like his touring band for a long time trocadero in philly just... yeah nice it's yeah not... it was a great show that Arthur Lee and Baby Lemonade sounds like a vaudeville routine. <laughs> yeah, no, great venue. I've seen so many shows there, man. Yeah, Run the Jewels before they were Run the Jewels. Yeah, um, that, was, what was that was. What was the electronic band that you and me and Brandon Jones? Um, oh mm. my God, it was like a three piece. The New Deal. Yeah. The New Deal, yeah. They put out some really cool stuff back in the day. Nothing uh, as cool as that first. Nothing as cool as that one, though. You're right. Totally. Anyway, so a couple other just random thoughts here. I It's funny because, I don't know, like a couple times back when I was like trying to pick what we were going to review or listen to, one of the suggestions I had was the second MGMT album called Congratulations. Mm-hmm. And listening to this, like, I, I definitely... More probably from Forever Changes. Definitely hear a ton, a ton of their influence. I think MGMT is like too like easy. It's it would be too easy to just be like, oh, they listened to Forever Changes and then they did their thing. But there's no doubt there were parts of it, especially like there's a song I really like on that record called Siberian Breaks, which is like it's 12 minute long, kind of multiple pieces, freak out, jam out thing. And definitely, like, I put it together that, like, very explicitly that they were influenced by this record. And it's not just them, obviously. I think it's, like, basically every psychedelic band 
since then, I'm sure has like bookmarked this one as like incredibly influential or the origin of a lot of the cool ideas that they have. Yeah. Also, uh, Jim Martin well, once said, if we could make a record as good as one, we'd be happy. I don't think you can really understate the extent to which they had influence on a lot of people, but also notably, the first racially diverse rock band that, that at least the internet is aware of or that it came up with. Yeah, that's really cool. That's really cool. And a couple other things too. Okay, and on the, the capo, there's a song called She's Made of Colors, right? She Comes in Colors? She Comes in Colors, that's right. Okay, so apparently... And I guess it completely makes sense that it was an inspiration for the Stone song, She's a Rainbow. Huh. Which, I think She's a Rainbow is on their Satanic Majesty's request, which is their, the Stones, like, basically lone, weird, lone psychedelic record influenced by Sgt. Peppers and stuff like that. And... Honor Satanic Majesties something. Yeah, request. Yeah, on their, yeah, I think that's what it is. And I keep wanting to say on her Satanic Majesty. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So I guess yeah, I guess there was a lot of bands that were just very like around this time that just ripped these guys off. But that's just over the top to me. Like if the Stones like call a song "She's a Rainbow" and it's she's got colors in her hair and she comes. <laughs> She comes in colors. It's the same exact thing. It's just some hippie girl that's got colors in her hair. I don't know. It's just embarrassing for the Stones, if you ask me. Come on, man. Like, you have all the money in the world, all the fame in the world, and you got to rip off a song like that? Like, that kind of sucks. That puts a damper on She's a Rainbow for me. I actually really kind of like that song. Anyway, what else? I was just looking at our list, and I think it's cool that we basically came up <laughs> yeah i feel like we song. yeah i feel like we really did i think we're good we're good for that on some <laughs> albums we're just like so, sometimes yeah, some things are on a lot of lists some things are on my list some <laughs> things are on terrible like it's and there's a whole lot of regular See, yeah the difference between mine and yours is the good humor man and i think alonzo yours and mine might be identical no i, I don't I have, have the daily planet and i don't have bummer in the summer Alonzo was the only one of us bold enough to choose and more again. Yeah, I like, chose that. I chose... Oh, yeah, and Orange Skies. Those, you're right, you're right. Orange Skies. Yeah. I also two, chose Orange Skies, yeah. I like those two. I like them, but I was like, I have to cut... I, I literally have to cut something off here. I can't just put both albums up. So. Yeah, go ahead, Ryan. And Morgan, like... And more Like, it, it's an earworm, but I don't think it makes my cut. Like... It won't leave my brain, but it's also just that, like, choral, that, that chorus progression. It's, it's a hell of an earworm. It's like, if, a lot of this was comparison. If it's on, am I singing it? Like, for sure. But if I'm holding it up against all these others, and you guys would laugh your asses off if you saw my list where I was starting to rate everything with four, distinguishing between the 4.5s <laughs> and the 4.75s. So, like... So to defend maybe Anne Morgan a little bit, this is definitely one of their Moody Blues songs. This yeah, song sounds sure. like a Moody. It could be a Moody Blues. Like there's a couple tracks, particularly on this album, 
There's a lot more Moody Blues in, yeah, Forever Contagious. Hey, one thing is interesting is I think, okay, maybe this is a hot take. I think that the first six songs on the capo, I like them. To me, I like those songs and the sound from those from those songs more than I like Forever Changes. And yeah. like part of it is in Forever Changes, there's a couple of things that don't age great to me. And one of them is his like singing phrasing that's like very sometimes like it gets in this song is definitely one of the examples. Sometimes it gets very like formal and kind of British trying to sound a little British and I feel like the songs on Decapo, they have a little bit more of a 50s garage rock and, yeah. and garage rock sort of sound. And I feel like that sound is like aged better. Particularly like Stephanie Knows Who and Seven and se Seven and Seven is probably the, the most clear example of what you're talking about. Yep. But yeah, yeah, I, I, for me, Forever Changes is, is really, it's really good, but those are two different vibes for sure. Like, one is more traditional kind of British style, progressive folk, and then Decapo is, it's got a lot more range of emotion. Yeah, I don't know. I think also, yeah, go ahead, Jenny. I'm just gonna say that even I agree. Forever Changes is like, it's a great album. And but it also was more like exploratory and it was purposely meant to be more creative. I think, it, I really do think of it as the Days of Future Past of Lo Love's Days of Future Past. It was like something that was off their beaten path, but they just set out to do something different and cool. And it's a great album and it absolutely should be on the syllabus. But at the end of the day, like if I'm picking one of the two to put on, like while I'm messing around the house or like driving or doing anything really i'm probably going to choose the capo more often just because it's like it's just solid rock that you can absolutely get into pretty much any time in my opinion uh, yeah okay. i'm really glad you added that into the the mix of what we were listening to because yeah it's like forever changes i was familiar with the sound of that i was very familiar with but but the capo i was not. all right okay all right i'm gonna do it guys uh, you missed it. Oh. Uh, okay. Yeah. And also, it turns out that this is actually the forever I, changes is pronounced forever changes. Okay. Okay. So this is okay. All right. So Ryan, this is look at our complete lack of musical knowledge. This is actually this is actually the whole phrase, D A C A P O, is actually uh, a musical term, meaning from the beginning, from the top, essentially. Yeah. Now, okay. this I knew. I just learned it in West Virginia where it was pronounced the cap uh, capo. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> See, if I would have, if I would, I thought they were maybe trying to be cute and say DA instead of the. And it also the, makes yeah. a lot more sense because I don't think we hear a capo being used in the, the record <laughs> that I know of. I don't know. I don't know the tuning they're in. It could, be, it could easily be. A I guess it's possible, um, but yeah, huh? So Lewis might know this, and I don't know if you do or not. But there was a very small, one mile long, unincorporated town, like right up the road from from me on South Fork, called Peru, spelled P-E-R. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm aware. Yeah, yeah Peru. Yeah. yeah, you know, so, look, dude. <laughs> 
It's okay. Don't underestimate one go. One go is um, yeah. That, that's the one exact. That's exactly the one I was thinking of. Spelled O N E G O. Yeah, my my time in choir in in my youth taught me uh, the cap the capo alfine and the capo alto. Okay, all right. There you go. My time in marching band apparently did not, and or I forgot, and so there you go. What's um, wrong with Alonzo? He never goes back. He tries, <laughs> to, tries to play the music as it's written. Apparently, straight. yeah. Apparently, dumbass drummers. We just need to be able to read rhythms, really. Oh, and uh, you, you're talking about weird towns, weird West Virginia towns, towns with names, weird names in West Virginia. There is a town in southern part of West Virginia. It might not exist anymore, but it did at some point. And it's literally the number six. Like, not just, what? not six, like S-I-X, but, like, the actual number six. I feel like I should be calling bullshit on this. I did a lot of traveling when I worked for extension service, and I not once ran across. All right, All right. okay, Let, let's see here. Let's see, okay, all right, we're going to take a little detour. Okay, it is actually spelled, it's spelled out six. Okay, so there's your bullshit. It Still is called six. Okay. So took, there you it, go. took its name from Mine Company Number Six. Uh, huh. Mine Dow. Company Number Six. Okay, so it's possible that it at some point actually had this name, but it's certainly oh. now called this name. Also, it's southwest of Welch. I've never went south. like Welch was, I think, the county seat. I remember going to the county seat, but then it was turn around and get back out of MacDow County. Yeah, I was gonna say who's from. Who's from McDowell County? What's it known for, even? I don't, don't know, but I've been in that courthouse. I was going to say, don't say opiates, please. Times. Like, it's not. All right. We get I mean, it. now. <laughs> now. Yeah. We get it. It's known as the West Virginia County All the Politicians Visit to show an example of how hard people have it, which is not a great thing to be famous for. But uh, Homer Hickam, okay. apparently, is from McDowell County. The guy who wrote October Sky. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, is that it? That's about it? Damn. Okay, there you go. MacDowell County, shout out. Big up, <laughs> big up MacDowell. Yeah, I yeah. wonder if... Also from Hardy, which like, is, ain't that much better, but... Yeah, I don't know. Like, Hardy County, I feel like... I don't know, there's like a major... There's like a major highway that goes through there. Just by accident, it must be better. Yeah, and it depends if you, I guess if you're comparing like real closely. Yeah, it is. But when I go home, it sure doesn't feel like it. Damn, they don't, there's not like one fit. There's, okay. There's not one famous person from here. Cause Henry Louis Gates is from Mineral County. He's from like outside of Kaiser, yeah. from what I remember. Is there, like, not one famous person from Hardy County? Come on. Uh, I, I, I certainly can't think of any. Come on. No. Ryan, there's still time. I am, I am Ryan unsurprised, and frankly. <laughs> yeah. I am surprised. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm, if I get famous, I don't know that I'm claiming Hardy County as yeah, are you ride? Are you riding with Hardy County? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's I, my I mean, guess, too. I got out of there as quick as I could. I don't think I, at this point, have any right to claim them. I've certainly lived elsewhere longer than I did this day. Yeah, if I said anything, I would be like, I'm from Milam, because at least that's cool for what it is. Ah, uh, look at this. 
Uh, you don't have to show me that depression statistic. That's from Grant County. Yeah. So, <laughs> notably, in 2016 and 2020, Donald Trump received the highest percentage of the vote ever cast for a presidential candidate in this county, holding Democratic candidates Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden to slightly over 10% of the vote. That is... Wait. Tremendous. Is that saying that... Okay, so Clinton and Biden... That's... Yeah, it's not shocking. Yeah... Okay. There's still time, guys. All right, guys, I'm out of here. See you later. <laughs> There's still time, guys. Like, we could change that Wikipedia entry. We could. All the, like, things that I want to change it to aren't going to win them over to my friends. I, look, I dude, hey, be, look, man. just go in and literally edit Wikipedia, man. If I could do that, yeah, like, for sure. In 2020, Grant County went overwhelmingly for Joe Biden. <laughs> I could also edit and yeah. say the famous, what's your title specifically, Ryan? Senior Network Engineer? Uh, yeah. yeah no. <laughs> the, fa- oh the famous that Senior Network cool. Engineer, Ryan Lewis from Grant County. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would be exciting. Really? <laughs> really love I think that. I'd have to like then create a Wikipedia entry for you, though. You could just link it to the other Ryan Lewis. Oh, <laughs> Macklemore Ryan Lewis? <laughs> yeah, oh my god that's it just start a rumor that dj is from Har- grant county hardy county yeah, whatever yeah. one you're playing you know he hooked started. he went to seattle hooked up with macklemore it was a crazy yeah. thing well he had to get out of there because 90 percent of them all right anyway yeah oh so this song did this song make anybody's list old man did it, it did not make my list, list? no nope. yeah not <sighs> Not a memorable track. Not memorable. It's kind this, of a this downer. Was, not gonna. Yeah, this was definitely one of those tracks where it's okay. This is gonna make it easy. I'll cut this track. Very yep. Quickly. Yep. That that's pretty much. It was fine. There's not an offensive song on here. There is an offensive no, song on the capo. They have like kind of some like this is a little Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah, I could hear that. A little more Garfunkel than Simon, but yeah. Yeah, he has a weird warble in his voice as he like sings this. It's like, there's like a vibrato that he sings with. It's a little strange. So I read somewhere that he was like inspired to switch to this sort of sound when he he went to a con- Bird's concert, I think it was. Makes and, sense. And was inspired to like shift to this sort of sound. And he, he makes some... He, he makes some fine tracks with it. Are they in my final cut? No. Do I skip over this song? No, I typically do not. No, I think it's clear. For, I think you can vibe to this, to Forever Change. You could just put it on and just enjoy yeah. it. Like, you just vibe to it. I think, and for me, at the end of the day, like, this is a good vibe to record. This is a good, like, work to vibe to enjoy. Enjoy the good feelings. And it's... Go ahead, really man. good six. It's really good '60s psychedelic rock that hasn't been like overplayed for me. There's no chance of picking this up and be like, "Ah, oh, this again." I just, I, I don't have a long history with it, so it's still fresh enough that. Yeah. Okay. So, what do you think about this? I, one of the things I read about this record was like, it's different from other '60s psychedelic records because. It's darker, like it, and it, like, like the themes are darker, and like, 
A lot of people have written them. They feel like this album anticipates like all the bad shit that happened and the death of like flower power and all that shit. I, do I you do it, you get that vibe from it, there? The vibe that it predicted. I definitely get the like kind of darker lyrical content of a lot of it. Um, yeah, like it's there. Some of it is like depressing even though I don't always necessarily I, I couldn't always necessarily articulate exactly why like some of it's just lyrically depressing and I, I think it's you can it's something you can pick up on even subconsciously I read a quote today where someone was recounting that or Arthur Lee had in fact said that when he was trying to convince Jimi Hendrix to just come jam with them he was like listen man you and I aren't going to be around that much longer and so you might as well just come play with us. And I was like, gee, God, dark, dude, come on. Come yeah, on. that's, you know, that maybe you, maybe if you have to close, you go there, but you don't yeah. start there. That's so like rude to say that to Hendrix right before he dies. Like yeah. what an asshole. He probably knew something about what Hendrix was up to. But this song, The Red Telephone, yeah. made, that made all yeah. of our, made all of our cuts. This is definitely for me. This is the one that I think it clicked for me. Oh yeah, MGMT listened to this song specifically. There's a lot of stuff going on in this song that's very similar, like instrumentation-wise and actually even vocal phrasing-wise. And yes, we're doing phrasing. It's appropriate. <laughs> but but yeah, yeah. no. It, I, back to this whole like theme of the darkness. I guess so. If I think about some of the kind of like pop hippie songs that like were big hits back then, right? Some of the lyrics in here are definitely a lot darker than that. Some of the themes are a lot darker. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this song, the, the opening like the opening lines of this song are sitting on a hillside, watching all the people die. I'll feel much better on the other side. I'll summarize. Exactly, and, yeah. And by the end of it, it's a lot of, there's that chanting of they're locking them up today. They're throwing away the key. I wonder who it'll be tomorrow, you or me. Yeah, for sure. Think about what were the big hits, right? Like it was like incense and peppermints. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 this is not that. Yeah, this is not that. It's like, to right, me, it's like a more, it's like thing. less like, it's not angry, it's just sad. Sure. Right? There's like lots of songs that are sad. But I feel like There's my... There's also some that are really upbeat. Exactly, yeah. Because I, I feel like my favorite song on... My favorite song of both records is this one. Which has a real long title. Maybe the people would be the times or between Clark and Hilldale. Clark and Hilldale being streets in LA. And apparently the scene that they were into and a part of being there. Sorry. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fine. I was going to say, if I had to point to probably like the happiest sounding moment of this album, I think it's the beginning of Daily Planet or like most of Daily Planet. That's like the happiest song on there for me. Which is funny because it's singing about like the redundancy of life, like how like life drones on, but it is a very like happy. Music, yeah. yeah. But, but it's the shiny happy people of this album. <laughs> Shit, we've got a third one coming. <laughs> Which yeah. is your shiny happy people? So yeah, the horns on this keep it very upbeat. This has uh, like Tex 
Texican, right? Yeah, like, totally. Little, like, I, that's totally right. I, I think that's probably part of why I love it. Like, I love the guitar on here. Yeah. So nice. It, but it, okay, you know how sometimes like horns in songs from back then don't age? They sound a little like Herb Albert type of deal. And that doesn't, that I don't feel that vibe here. No, it's very like bright and punctuated. There's a lot of really intense control over the horn that leads to this kind of mariachi style presentation. But yeah, it's, it's beautiful and it keeps the, the tempo high. Yeah, and also, if you just described this to me and you were like, listen, in the late 60s, there's going to be some, like, mariachi-style, like, guitar work, but there's going to, let's going to throw some horns over it, and then a dude is going to go da-da-da-da-da over top of it, I'd be like, fuck <laughs> out of here, I don't want to hear that, I don't want to hear that, but it actually works, it works. Really good. It really could, it's really easy for a song like this to go in the Herb Alpert, like, direction. I don't want, I mean, to talk so much shit. But it just, Sorry, it's very dated. Like that sound is very dated. And for me, I'm not like, I actually do have a fucking Herp Alpert record. I do have a vinyl Herp Alpert record, but that's only because apparently New Mexico is like the place where Herp Alpert records came to die because every fucking rummage shop has all of them in, in a high stock. At some point I just broke down and got one, <laughs> but it's just a very dated thing. This doesn't feel dated. This feels really alive and yeah. Like, so yeah, this song is I think my favorite because it's like it is bright and upbeat, it, but it is a little sort of mournful. I think it kind of try it. It's, it encapsulates maybe a lot of what they're trying to do on this record. So like this song, "Live and Let Live," this song was yeah. too. It felt like it was being played at a Ren fair. <laughs> the phrasing too listen to the way he sings this yeah it's like a very specific kind of like formal phrasing that's like a but little I, bit I of a turn like off the, to me I do like the transition from that like proper classical sound into the more kind of dissonant hook of it. they're really great I think this is a great point Ryan they're really great at transitions yeah. Like their their because songs have lots of pieces. To, what I was just about to say on this one, one of the things that I agree about, I'm not sure I love his pronunciation all the time, and I'm not sure I always love his vocal style. I'm not sure. Like sometimes I wish he hadn't. But mm -hmm. this song, one of the things I really do like about it is the fact that it keeps that steady beat. And now I'm shaking my laptop. Like no matter what they're doing or whichever they switch up to, it just keeps going, and I love that about yeah. it. Even when they switch to the weird vocals at the end, which I have never really fully understood, but our But I think this sits in an interesting contrast to Kevita, because Kevita, like, it's good and upbeat, but it's one of the examples of tracks that, like, it's like they dial into a, the, the melody of a verse, and they drag it for the next, like, three verses. There's no real, like key change there's no real bridge it's just this is the thing that works for this song and they keep going at it whereas the one thing i will give live and let live, live, and let live like the one thing i will give live and let live is that it changes it in a, a way that i don't know like 
it's an interesting change to take that like proper classical sound and turn it dissonant. Is a really interesting choice. There are a lot more garage rock on this on the capo. They're just a lot more like lounge garage type thing, and that's cool. I love for me. I love that sound, and I also think that that sound has aged well. And you listen, okay, on this, the playing here, the guitar, the lead guitar, I guess, it's definitely yeah. be, uh, Beach Boys or even maybe even doo-wop inspired. There's something so, that comes, that like the soul of the song is like more early 60s. So what we're listening, what we're listening to now, is this, is this Bummer in the Summer or whatever? No, this is Que Vida. This is, this is back in Que Vida. Yeah. All right. So yeah, I was, I'm sorry. I got the song wrong. I was thinking of the song with the horns um, when I was comparing the two. I'm sorry. Threw a flute in here, which also has a tendency to not age well. But I don't think it. I think it's good on this one. The flute. It's it's a real it's a real toss up when flutes work and they don't in like a yeah. modern like in a pop song. But this is a rock steady song. This is that's like, what, that's, that, like you're, you're this right. This awesome. Like, you hear that guitar, and that's like, it's all that off totally. strum. Yeah. Like, this is, yeah, this is a rock steady song. Yeah, you nailed it, man. I think that's, it has a, it definitely has, a, there's pieces of that in this song. Yeah, it, it, it's rock steady in style. If you were to take his vocals out, even this organ work. Even the like, organ piece. Like, you could take a Bob Marley vocal and bring it over top of this and it would make perfect sense. Yeah. Like, like just that bounce along with the organ work and the like upstrum, like offbeat. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, so no, good. that's a good call. Yeah, this is, I'm still bouncing right now, like to myself. <laughs> yeah, it's really, I misspoke. The song that I was meaning to compare with, with, sorry, I'm so lost now. Uh, maybe the people that's the song that I was thinking is like you they pick a verse and they stick with it for the entirety of the song versus live and let live where they do something interesting with what is a kind of simple melody yeah. and make it an interesting choice for that transition but yeah Kevita definitely is is island inspired so Jenny you wanted to talk about this song seven and seven is you have the first link in the after party is actually a, a couple minute video about it so cool it might be better off if we if we just watch the video but seven and seven i don't know guys i've been listening to these albums for a really long time for probably 30 years at least and this one's gotta I, I think it still definitely holds the title of my all-time favorite i think my favorites have shifted a little bit as time goes on but like today this is it this is it for me so it's like surf garage rock and yeah sounds great well, sounds a little like, like wipeout so it's it, it seems to me like it's like this kind of bridge at least that's got one foot in surf rock but this yo these drums they're almost like got a foot into what you know is going to become punk too yeah. it's a little bit so it's like this in in 1960 what 67 like i think to, i think oh yeah you're right 66. yeah the capo was 66 
But like Arthur Lee in 1966 was like marriaging or combining surf rock and what would become punk, which is wild to me. I thought about that earlier today for yeah. the first time. I really sat down and thought about it, and I was like, "This is, yeah, that's what this is." Well, it's, it's very cool. It's like the American punk sound, right? This is this is uh -huh. the MC5 before the MC5. This is this is heavy. This is heavy garage. This is like the Cramps before the Cramps. And so I think, yeah, the Cramps are the band, I would say, that made the explicit connection. The Ramones, too, but Ramones more made it to, like, Frankie Valli type shit. The Cramps, I think, connected punk directly to, like, the crazy garage rock. Like, yeah. the Sonics and, I don't know, what was the name, what was the name of the, the Trashmen, right? So, yeah, no, I dig it. This song coming up here... Is the only instrumental? Is that correct? No, this isn't. Uh, this isn't fully instrumental. Is there's it? vocals. Yeah, it's like yeah, for vocals. like a brief little Not second, right? Yeah. Not a lot. So this song this is, is the last track on my album, together, and I think the song is about. From what I was reading, the song is about the house they all lived in, like communally. <laughs> that that was known as the castle. Mansion, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you will, there's an after party link with this song that actually shows Arthur Lee walking back through it, so you'll get to see the castle. So the thing that sticks with me on this song is this is so if another one of the things we're doing on your mission is identifying the Elliot Smith track, this is the Elliot Smith track. Like the verse, the the guitar stylings on the verse of this are early Elliot Smith. Like the hmm. picking pattern, the the tuning, yeah. like yeah. Damn, I would have never made that. The connection. way that he's like switching, I didn't make it, but you're 100 percent right. Yeah, you're it's... dead on. Um, oh, I... this, like this part right here with the like real intricate picking pattern. Yeah, just just listen to it for a few seconds. Yeah. Yeah. I love harp, uh, dude. I have a fondness for the harpsichord, man. It's hard to yeah. fuck up a harpsichord in the song, but. For somebody who wouldn't tour in the UK, this dude is insanely British. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for he sure. He was actually born in Memphis, Tennessee, believe it or yeah. not. It's amazing. Yeah. Like, what was the record store in Memphis that this guy was going to? That's what I wanted. Oh, he was saying, there was an inter interview with him somewhere I was watching earlier today where, oh, Jules Holland was interviewing him in the early 2000s and he said, so you grew up in Memphis, was the music there a big influence on you? And he was like, I listened to it, but like, I was writing my own stuff. I wasn't writing what I was hearing. Yeah, that's clear. Like, the only song that I would imagine fits in with what was happening in Memphis at the time is the last track on the Capitol. For sure. Which is, yeah, we could easily just cut off and, and be none the worse. We don't even, have to, talk, yeah, we don't even have to talk too much about it. So it is what it yeah. is. It's like a little jam, a little kind of heavy blues jam. It's not very memorable, I would say. It's the sort of thing that, like, is fine, but when you put it on a record with all the other stuff on here, come on, what did you expect? Yeah, no doubt. Exactly. But yeah, the, it's, the, the castle is a beautiful song. She comes in color. What in other... Colors. What others... Yeah... Yeah, I think yeah, I think I mentioned yeah, this inspiration for, I, yeah, for, for she's a rainbow. Someone wrote, I read another article. So someone wrote that they thought that this song was like Arthur Lee's like best pop song, like really, yeah, like mm. that like the melody worked really well as like a pop song. 
it works really well as like a psychedelic pop song. Like when Jefferson Airplane was playing this, people would go fucking nuts. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. You know, it's fine. It's cool. It's cool. It's definitely a memorable chorus. If that's what that means. If if like a successful pop song is like a memorable chorus, this, this is a good one. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, but again, so. I think if I were going to pick one that I think could be successfully converted into current day top 10 something, I'm, I think I'm picking Bummer in the Summer personally, but maybe that's just me. Really? Huh. Okay. Yeah. Did we talk about um, Stephanie Knows Who? No, we haven't. Um, no, we haven't. That song, that song just bangs right out the gate. Oh my god. What an opener. Yeah. It just... Again, here's that like harpsichord, whimsical British sound, but it just immediately is just ah, like comes in like a cymbal crash. Yeah, I know, totally, man. It's like screaming Jay Hawkins or something. His vocals are insane. So, like your complaints about his other lyrical style, I hear you, and that's why another reason why I prefer his rock because I like the screamy Arthur Lee. I'm down with this. This is much better. Yeah, I dig this. I dig this. I understand what he's trying to do with the other stuff, but it just hasn't aged, you know? It's like the way that, like, sometimes when you listen to the Stones, and especially the early Stones, when they're really trying really hard to sound like a blues man, (laughs) it doesn't sound good. It sounds like putting on a voice, and it's not good. Yeah, but this is like the Doors covering Scream and Jay Hawkins. It really goes out there, like it's crazy doors type psychedelic jaunts. But his vocals are just so punchy. The boldness to start a, start a record with this a song like this, there's like a horn solo, and it's like starts with a harpsichord and just all over the place. It's very cool, man. Stones to do that. And, and good call. It absolutely has a Doors vibe. Yeah, that latter part for sure. Good call. Yeah, I'm telling you, his vocals are just like he's not trying to sing. He's screaming. Like he's like scream talking and very screaming Jay Hawkins kind of. Wow, it's great. It's <laughs> so intense. Uh, also, this... so seeing the the Velvet Underground like thing on the. Like, there's so much of the Velvet Underground through this stuff, too. Like, that kind of, like, kind of dissonant rock Velvet Underground is in both of these albums. These came out around the same time. One thing I did want to read, some someone actually put <laughs> a pretty great comment on, on the YouTube video, which is, Baroque, harpsichord, a waltz, rock sax, dive bomber guitars, and Lee in the throes of a frenzy slash nervous breakdown. Make this the greatest love opening track, full stop. Yeah. <laughs> pretty good. Pretty yeah, good. I'm with that. Spot on. I'm with that. You right. guys, I think you guys can see, though, hopefully you and everyone sees what I mean when I say I just don't think it's fair to hit forever changes and not take up this aspect of it. I don't think that's fair to anybody. I think there's yeah, continuity it, there because, like, it's yeah. a similar lineup, right? Like, I think it's actually, no, I think it's the same lineup for both. And for a band that changes lineups and really is just like an Arthur Lee thing, that's actually unique and interesting. 
I guess maybe, I don't know if anyone else picked this on their list. I don't have it in front of me. Maybe I need to defend this one myself. You did? I did. Okay. Go for it. Alright, here, here it is. This song said about making it like a, a hit style thing, and this one, it doesn't have anything wild, right? Like, it's pretty, like, normal in terms, like, no harpsichords are coming in this one. It's just, like, really solid, like, accessible rock, and it, I guess in comparison to some of the escapades of the other tracks, like, it might seem boring, but at the same time, I really love this one. I love this part. I love it's it. Fucking, is just yeah. It's almost like a like, yeah. country yeah. style. Yeah, this is like a perfect example of what is like California psychedelic rock in the mid '60s in my mind. Like, if somebody's like trying to get what California sound was in the mid '60s, playing this song is like the shortcut to like, okay, you're not gonna ever hear this track like in a movie or on the radio or any of that shit. But this is like the DNA of all the other tracks that people will use like to, to send this vibe out. Like, so cool. Yeah. Um... So just like to a tiny extent, like this much, I, it just reminds me sli- ever so slightly of the Grateful Dead, but in a good way, which isn't always the way. Yeah, it doesn't sound like the Grateful Dead, but it has that kind of... And I, I think it's partially that reverby acoustic that plays through it. Yeah, it's beautiful. I think I was. Did we all have you set the scene? Yeah, I. Yeah, we all I did. did. I know you did. Yeah, we all did. I think I did. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, a really cool track too. I would say, I like, it, like, from an ambition standpoint, it's maybe closer to Freebird, but it's not thematically. I'm not really there <laughs> I actually made I actually called She Comes in Colors my free bird just because I don't know it's at least thematically we're we're free and we can do whatever we want like type of thing it's like a little bit close but this is a cool this is a really cool song really cool closer my- the lyrics are struggling they're struggle bussy for me because it's just like one of <laughs> yet again one of them I'm just like the what? What? There's a chicken in your nest? Like, dude, what? <laughs> just, just tell us. Just tell us what you're trying to say. We don't have to get obscure about I didn't, it. I didn't look at the. I didn't look at the uh, lyrics very carefully here. Yeah. So, my freebird choice was alone again, or mainly because if, if I if I hear that live, I'm certainly holding up a lighter. Apparently, according to the Genius.com, there's a chicken in my nest, and she won't lay until I've given her my best. This could refer to a woman being in his bed. Huh. I'm glad they made that connection for us. <laughs> I, mean, I, I appreciate the bit. There's a line, there's a man who can't decide if he should fight for what his father thinks is wrong. Yeah, which yeah. is a really cool, that's a really cool line. That's a really yeah. cool line. It, and it holds out 2020, like it holds, holds out really well. It's <laughs> a great line. It does, but that was like, I, I think that's one of my, and it's not much of a frustration, but it's like a frustration from time to time that Arthur Lee's songwriting in his lyrics, like, will cycle through really, like, poignant, profound statement about society or, like, something, like, big, and then in the next verse, it's what, 
it's just nonsense. And then the, another line after that, it's just his snot on his pants. And, it, and every song yeah. does that. There's no... Ah, it drives me nuts, but okay. also I'm here for the music anyway, so... Right, exactly. Yeah, this in, uh, Alonzo, this entire verse is, an, is the perfect example of that. Like, it is nonsensical bullshit. Back to back. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, it's like, so, oh, this thought is caked against my pants. It is turned to crystal, right? Like, oh, that's... I love the... I, love I don't know what to do with we're, that. We're looking at Genius.com, and I love the, like, the annotation... Which is just so lame. It just yeah, yeah. he's covered he's in covered the sordid, sordidness of the past, but it's from long ago. Okay, so you're making the analogy to snot that caked on your pants is like referring to yeah. a sordidness. You from, know, I mean, give me a fucking that, break, man. It's that way that everybody talks about their past. Yeah. <laughs> oh, geez, all that stuff is just snot on my jeans. You know what I'm saying? Now, now, what's interesting here is like someone does leave an annotation saying that a bluebird. In this case, is a police officer. See, I, I didn't get that. I, look, man, I'm not hip to 67 like LA lingo. You know what I mean? If they're yeah. talking bluebirds or I know hip hop lingo for like cops and shit, Jakes and whatever. But like the bluebird, I, that, that was beyond me. I'm not gonna I mean, catch. If that's accurate, then I owe Thirly an apology, and I am very sorry. That's cool. Shit. Uh, the snot shit is unforgivable. I, is it possible to write? Is it possible to write a song about? like snot and like it's a successful song or it works <laughs> i don't know dude i don't know i, I, I guess that, anything's possible there like right? a oh no, no i'm thinking of the band wasn't there a band like, there was a dude, punk band like, called, called snot, snot right yeah but I don't you know, know like so like one my guess on this is that pistol was a part of the original like intent of this verse mm -hmm. so like now you've got to rhyme pistol because you want to have that the fuck you rhyming pistol with and the fact that he came with snot crystal it's like if that were a hip-hop first and delivered a little differently people would really lose their shit up yeah <laughs> but if there were like way more like many more internal rhymes and like yeah. some sort of clever this or that okay maybe i guess you're right that, that that's a good point Okay, is there... So, I do love how he takes, like, just a hot second in this song to suddenly turn it into a slight doo-wop song and then just dips right back out of it again. Just, like, yeah. just a little, oh, what is it? A little, something around the crunch. I forget from uh, Mighty Boosh. Just a little day trip around the crunch. He's just a little day trip around doo-wop and he's out. I like nice. It. Nice. Yeah, okay. Any other yeah. songs that we need to cover? Any other songs that we need to cover here that we haven't talked about? You guys feel like I mean, we need to. I, I feel like we briefly bumped up against Alone again before, but um, I don't know what else I'd add. It's hard, hard to yeah, add. Like, that was excited. the biggest I'm just hit. excited for the damn cover again. So that's the biggest hit, right? That's the, really the hit did. that you would hear on oldies radio and shit. Also, just tons of people have covered it. Yeah, no, like it, when you look of love covers, like there's just. It, it seems to always be that one that's that's focused on for some reason because it's a really coverable song. But. Yeah, look, that opening guitar is stunning. It's a beautiful picking pattern. It's a beautiful choice of like chord. Yeah, I, mean, I, I do. And, and the whole like presentation of the song. I love that when the damn cover it, they turned it into this kind of like Western vibe because it <laughs> totally has that. Yeah, I, it's funny. I like this song. I don't love the horns on here. 
I think the song sounds a little like all the stuff up to right here. That it starts going the Herb Alpert direction. That's when I see like shiny suits and that 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 like sort of deal. <laughs> I, man, I love that. That's the punctuation of it, right? I yeah. love that this entire like self-reflective, pensive sound like culminates in this like bright kind of burst of horns at the very end. I, I don't know. It just man, this is. I loved this song before I knew it was a love song, and yeah. like that made it even better what do you think I, I really like the album cover by the way for Forever Changes for sure this is really cool it's very like very Beatles like on acid like I keep seeing George Harrison totally top top right yeah yeah it's just like god damn George Harrison's in this band <laughs> right exactly I see I feel like I see a little I feel like a little like it, also George Harrison minus mustache is right in the middle these are actually all of the various life stages of George Harrison. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say that this is some kind of weird god yeah. uh, that love conjured up. It's mainly George Harrison. Right. <laughs> well, okay. So look, let me do this. So like, top right face is, top right face is, let it be George Harrison. Okay. Uh-huh. Bottom right face is. Robert Soul, George Harrison. Okay. Okay. Middle, middle face is Beatles coming to America for the first time, George Harrison. George Harrison, yeah. <laughs> and then two other dudes. <laughs> and then, yeah, two other faces. Two other guys that uh, are not George Harrison. There's a reason I keep seeing George Harrison. Right, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I think we've I think we've done it. I think we've covered it. Yeah. Let's get to the ratings. Let's get to the ratings. What what say you, Jenny? You recommended this to us. Yes. Appreciate the good vibes and all that fun stuff over the um, last couple of weeks. So go for it. I actually went down and did my new and improved numerical rating of every single song and then dividing it to get the average Very good. Just because I feel like it keeps me honest. It stops me from just randomly assigning something that, yeah. Here's here's how this works out. I get Forever Changes comes out with a four or five. If I average all the songs, the, the one to five rating I give them. DeCapo actually comes out it man if you just leave out the last song it's a five but with that last song it drops down to 4.6 but the, you know what I think that's honest and remarkable though because I would I would say even if I was just going off my feels like that forever changes is solid there's a few songs that are just like fine and not any better than that but it's solid but at the end of the day I like DeCapo just a little bit more I just do so I think that holds up both ways. I'm yeah, yeah. I think those are fair. For so for me, I'm gonna give Forever Changes. I'm gonna give it like four stars. Is not enough. I feel like it. It should be like maybe just for how influential, just for how influential it is. Like I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it four point five. I think that's really fair. There's not a bad song on here. There's songs that like are less memorable for me. But they're all really unique and creative, and that's more than half the battle. I'm gonna give the Capo three stars because the second, the, the last song is like is 19 minutes, I think. 
Yeah, it's 19 minutes. Is it really that long? Yeah. Listen, I did not listen to that, all of that. I was like, I put it on, and I was like, oh, it's that one. So and just never doing a quick one. 6, 8, 20, 12, 15. Yeah, so it's longer than all the other songs combined. And it's just hard for me to, in good conscience, give the whole record. Like, to me, the rest of the song, the rest of the songs are like a 5 or 4.5, but it's just, it's a shame that there was a 19-minute freakout. And to me, like, in the streaming age, they would have released that 19-minute freakout as, like, a single or something, <laughs> just, like, separately from the record. It just says, like, give the fans a little something new, and, and maybe they wouldn't have been feel, felt like they should just put this on the record. I think, and from what I understand, on the original vinyl, tracks one through six are one side, and track seven is the whole other side. So yeah, it's a shame that they felt like they had to put this put that song in there. So in good conscience, I can only give it three stars. That's fair, man. That that song is it really drags down things. That's fair. Yeah, I think for me they're both like So I think I agree with four and a half at Forever Changes. Maybe it's closer to four, so maybe four and a quarter for me. Because especially in light of like the capo it really it becomes a little too homogenous sometimes all the tracks are really good but seeing what else they were able to do it's kind of i want a little bit more of that in it i also agree that like it's easy to give the capo a five star if it doesn't have that last track I think that pulls it down to four, so they're probably both in that four, four and a quarter range. Once I trim them out, like, this is a five-star playlist that I will be keeping and returning to frequently. But yeah, yeah, nice. fantastic stuff. Nice. You All guys right. enjoyed this because it was hard to make you listen to a second one, and I really hoped it was just fine. <laughs> I didn't want no, to do that to anyone. Is... Nah, this is awesome, man. This is in my pocket. I, I just love this shit, this kind of stuff. And yeah. the truth is, I, I think probably a defining characteristic of my music taste is like a pop or at least a melodic like hook and then a bizarre and weird arrangement that makes it feel very weird. And I feel like there's a whole lot of that going on here. <laughs> a whole lot of that both across both records. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah.